KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. Once again, back for another year. Start your Sunday, KCOU 88.1 FM. God, it's good to be back here in Studio A. It is right on the dot, 10 a.m. Central Time here in Columbia, Missouri. And I'm joined today, the new co-host official of Start Your Sunday. I told him he'd be the intern. It's official. He's going to be hosting the show this fall, this year. From Glenbrook, Illinois, starting at guard, Jonathan Lidskin. Liddy, welcome on. Thanks for having me, Harrison. I didn't know we were going to make the official announcement on air, but I'm glad that I was named the permanent co-host. So, glad to, glad to be here. I've been on this show once before, and it was awesome, so I'm glad I could be back. Yeah, Garrett did an awesome job with us last year, now working for the Mizzou football team. He's got great things going on there, unable to make it here on these Sundays this fall. Still wishing him all the best. Show's going to continue to go on. For those who are new to the program, this is a primarily football-based show. Once we do hit the regular season of both the NFL and college football, the first half of the show we spent recapping college football games from the night before, day before, and then the second half we'll be previewing the NFL slate. We don't have much college football games to recap, unless we want to talk a lot about Hawaii, UCLA, and uh, the great performance from the Nebraska Cornhuskers against... Uh, Illinois. That was just an absolute mess. Or we could talk about, you know, UTSA is currently in the college football playoff. <laughs> but we will start, as usual, previewing the college football season. A lot happened last year, a COVID year, a lot of cancellations. Ohio State was in the national championship, only playing, what, six regular season games, mm-hmm. a couple of conference championships, semifinal against Clemson. But the team Ohio State ultimately lost the national championship too. The Alabama Crimson Tide didn't really miss a beat last year. One of the best teams they've had. They're not returning many starters. Their quarterback, Mac Jones, gone. High's winning receiver, Devontae Smith, gone. Jalen Waddle gone. Najee Harris, gone. A lot of their offensive linemen, Alex Leatherwood, gone. A lot of stars in that defense, like Patrick Sertain, gone. Still the number one team in the country, pretty consensusly. But a little bit of questions around Alabama. So, Lydia, I'll start with asking you this. Is Alabama still the team to beat in college football in 2021? Yeah, they are. And... It's not because of the fact that they're the most talented team. They very well might be, but I think it's more of a debate than it was last year. You felt like last year Nick Saban, despite all the COVID protocols going on, despite everything going on, his team was still ready every single week to play. And they showed that. They played one really close game all year against Florida, another one if you want to count Ole Miss, but they kind of blew everyone out of the water, and they were just far and away better than everyone This team, this Alabama team this year, kind of feels like an old-school Alabama team, like closer to 2015 Alabama than it does to 2020 with Mac Jones or 2019 with Tua. Just based on the fact that their defense is nasty, it has the chance to be the best defense in the country. You mentioned they did lose Patrick Sertain, but they replace guys very well in the secondary. They have for years. And 
I think the difference between last year's team and this year's team is the fact that Bryce Young is very talented. We know that. But they don't have the playmakers on offense that they've had the past couple years with Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, Najee Harris. They don't have guys that are going to make it that much easier on the quarterback to make plays. And for for that reason, I think this Alabama team is much more vulnerable um, that being said, I still have them ranked number one to start the season because I think they deserved that spot. And they earned it. And if you look at other polls, whether that's advanced analytic polls or the voter polls, Alabama's number one as well. So despite the less talented roster, if you want to call it that, they're still the consensus number one team to start the season. The issue, not really the issue I have, but... You know, with Bryce Young, he's never have really taken this important snap of college football in his life. He's already with the new NIL deals, the like number one paid, he's making mm-hmm. seven figures without really taking an important snap yet. I think he's going to be good. I haven't really seen him do much yet. The limited action he had last year. I remember he played in the Missouri game here. Mm-hmm. wasn't great, but it was also first game as a true freshman playing in the second half of a game there by thirty points. Mm-hmm. And uh, the running back uh, Robinson, yeah, Brian Robinson, Robinson Jr. I think he's really good. Mm-hmm. John Mechie last season had 916 receiving yards. He's going to be their go-to, probably going to be one of the leading receivers in college football last year. They're still returning um, their tight end, Miller Forstall. He's back, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, and then also uh, Jahil Billingsley. Mm-hmm. So they get two good tight ends back. But yeah, you mentioned it. It's it, This is going to be a similar to kind of 2014-2015 Alabama that's really reliant on their defense because – you know, in the last couple of years, especially the year before in 2019, when Alabama had a spectacular offense with Tua and Jalen Waddell and Judy and Ruggs and Devontae Smith and Najee Harris, they couldn't get stops on defense. I think Saban kind of wanting to turn it around now. They're playing, I think, a little more difficult schedule than they did last year. Now they're going back to the full 12 games. They have a tough non-conference game against Miami. They got games Texas A&M, Ole Miss, LSU, Auburn. I think they're going to start focusing more on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And let's be clear, Bryce Young is not Jacob Coker, and he's not no. Blake Sims either. He's much better than those those two. But like you said, he's never played a meaningful snap college football, and he's going to be thrown right into the fire week week one when they play Miami, who's a very good team in my opinion. Like You, you and I might disagree somewhat on that, but I think Miami's really talented, and I think they're poised for a spectacular year. But this feels like an Alabama team, and... I've went over this with you. I don't really like pinpoint losses like until like midseason, like when we're in the season. I'm like this team could slip up here, they could slip up here, but this doesn't feel like an Alabama team that's going to finish the regular season undefeated again. It it just doesn't. It doesn't feel like they're not talented enough, but like experienced enough or anything like that. And you like they don't have the offense that they've had in previous years. And I think there are teams in the SEC that are going to have a much better offense and can score with them. Who are some losses? You say you're not going to pinpoint losses, but who are some candidates you could see them slipping up to at some point in the season? Um, I think Ole Miss is a really dangerous one. Ole Miss had them on the ropes last year and could not get a stop for the life of them, which nobody could get a stop against Alabama last year. But that Ole Miss defense was particularly bad. I have Ole Miss ranked to start the season. The AP poll doesn't, but I have them at 22. Matt Corral, I think, is really good, despite the amount of turnovers he has. I think if he cleans up some of those mistakes, Ole Miss could be poised for a big year. But Ole Miss, I want to say, comes off a bye before, the week before they play Alabama. And even the, the games in Tuscaloosa, Ole Miss has beaten Alabama in Tuscaloosa before. It, it has happened. And I know the whole thing about Nick Saban's never lost to a former assistant, but Lane Kiffin can coach. And if Ole Miss can score like they did last year against Alabama, they're just a couple stops away from being able to upset them. 
We both like Ole Miss a lot this season. I have them. I think they're an eight and fourteen. I think they'll finish third, maybe fourth in the uh, SEC West. <laughs> the, the Lane Kiffin train. We're both on it. Yeah, we think this is a spectacular offense. It's just the issues on defense, but. That's that's college rule nowadays. That's basically how the entire Big Twelve plays football. In the SEC, it's it's a narrative that oh, it's we play defense in this conference. No, they don't. No. The LSU gave up like six hundred passing yards last year to to KJ Costello. <laughs> it's it's the defensive myth is over. What about some of the other teams in the SEC? Georgia is ranked number five to start the year. Texas A&M is not too far behind them. LSU is about fourteen. Which of those teams do you think could kind of give? Alabama test in the SEC championship. Well, Georgia's probably the most talented team in the country on paper. They've got guys from the transfer portal that have been <laughs> are just going to be spectacular for them. And Kirby Smart is the best quarterback he's had at Georgia this year, JT Daniels. They're going to be able to run the ball. They're going to be primarily running the ball. We know that. That's just how Georgia's systems work. But this t- this team has no excuses not to win a national championship and make the playoff this this year. It's just the, the writing's on the wall, wall for them. They have never never been this talented under Kirby Smart. My question is, what do they, where do they go after week one? Because week one's really going to be an indicator of how their season's going to go, I feel like. Georgia, we, Georgia Clemson week one. Game's in Charlotte. It's pretty much a neutral site game, even though it's slightly closer to Clemson. But Georgia's better than Clemson. On, on paper, Georgia's better than Clemson. Yes. But... Is Kirby Smart going to outcoach Dabo Sweeney? That remains to be seen. And, and that's been the issue we've always talked about with Kirby Smart. We talked the other day that he's played Alabama three times in his coaching career with Georgia. He's led all three to half twice, played double digits, and somehow is 0-3. This is, I don't want to say the biggest game, but one of the more important games that Kirby Smart's coached because he has to get on the right foot. Hmm. He has. This is the most talented team he's had. He has an awesome quarterback, Heisman Cannon and JT Daniels. He has two really good backfields in uh, two really good running backs in the backfield in Zeus White and James Cook. Uh, Arik Gilbert, really good receiver. Jermaine Bertone was awesome at the end of last year. Uh, my favorite tight end in all of college football, Darnell Washington. They have a solid offensive line. They had some great transfers on defense, mm-hmm. especially in the, the cornerback position. And Darion Kendrick, who we both like, and uh, Christian Smith. I think that they kind of ha- have to win this game. As This is almost a week one must win because... This team is national championship good. We'll talk about our predictions later on in the show. But they really need to get this season on the right foot. Because if they don't, this season could spiral out of control. And listen, like, even if if Georgia wins this game, they have the ability to slip up somewhere and still make the playoff because they have that win. This game, honestly, if Clemson loses this game, Clemson's in trouble because they don't have a single ranked win or, sorry, ranked opponent on their schedule the rest of the season, at least preseason ranked wise. And the only team I could really see getting up there is like, Maybe like Boston, Boston College, College, maybe yeah. maybe Louisville, mm-hmm. and like NC State possibly, but like the ACC is really weak this, this is, year on, this is the, on the Atlantic side specific. This is the all-time weak ACC. There's Cle- like three teams that could be ranked. Clemson avoids Miami. They avoid UNC. So if Clemson loses also. this game, they're not going to have a good win the re- the rest of the year on their schedule. And the the one thing Georgia will still have that head-to-head win if they both have one losses one loss at the end of the year. So this game is really important for for Clemson too, and. If, if I'm being perfectly honest, like, Clemson's re- ready for this. Like, D- Dabo's coached in these games before, and he's won these games before. I haven't seen Kirby Smart w- win these types of games before. Let's let's stay on Clemson for a second. You mentioned that if somehow they both finish the year, let's say Clemson goes 12-1, and wins the ACC, and but Georgia beats them week one. 
and they're both sitting at one loss going into the selection Sunday. Georgia's getting the edge. This is why it's kind of important for Clemson also. But you mentioned that uh, Dabo Sweeney has coached in these games so many times in his career. He gets the team ready. DJ Ugagale, did I say that right? Ugagale? Well, DJ. Mm-hmm. He, I was impressed by him last year. In the two games, they went one and one. They lost to Notre Dame and they barely beat Boston College. I thought he was fine. I thought it was a major drop off from Trevor Lawrence. I thought it was a lot closer to Kelly Bryant than it was to Trevor Lawrence, considering I saw them both play as freshmen. I think that Clemson is going to miss the college playoff for the first time since 2014. And as much as like it's weird to say, I think they pretty much have to finish undefeated to, to get to the playoff. And it, it's just the, their schedule isn't good at all. Like let me, let's hear a quick stat for you guys: Clemson of the ranked teams. This year, to start the season, has the worst schedule of any ranked team. That includes Cincinnati, who plays in the American Conference. Like I was, like I was looking at strength of schedule rankings the other day. I think Cincinnati's like the 70th best schedule in the country. Clemson's 79. Like that's horrendously bad for a ranked team. And like, can you imagine if Clemson didn't have this game on their schedule? Because they could have easily scheduled somebody else. Like Georgia Southern. Mm-hmm. It would be. A complete, you know, breeze through. How would we be able to figure out if Clemson's good? They good should or not? get the same treatment this year that we were giving Washington in 2016 and we were giving Wisconsin in 2017, where both of those teams were undefeated and in the cultural playoff rankings consistently number four, number five, because they know it's their schedule. I don't care that Clemson has this national championship pedigree. They won the title in 2016. They won the title in 2018. They lost the title game in 2015. They've been in the playoff every single year since 2015. They should not be treated like they have in the past. They should be treated mm. on a one-year basis and just this season. I don't care about the national championships they've won. They should be treated off this current schedule they have right now. This is an elite program playing a group of five schedule exactly. this, this year. And, like, you could tell me they play in the ACC, whatever, it's a Power Five conference. Like, the schedule's awful. It's god-awful. This I, is the worst, like, schedule I've seen, like, a contender play since Clemson's schedule in, like, 2018. And, like, like not only like do they like not play like anyone good like all their toughest games like if you want to call them tougher at home they put Boston College at home again this year how did that happen they played them at home last I, if that game was in because in 2019 that was I think it was game day when they played yeah. in uh, in BC and Chestnut Hill how did they get that game back to Clemson I have this is no two idea. straight years I I'll, I can look through the history but. It should be back and forth every year. They play that game. Because if that game was in Boston College this year, that would be major upset alert because we both think Boston College is a good team. Yeah, and I, I have Boston College ranked to start the and year. And how they avoid Miami, who they played last year. They avoid Notre Dame, who they also played last year. They don't play Virginia Tech, who is a decent team on the other side of the and conference. And they don't play UNC. They don't play UNC. And the only like very good game they get is Boston College, and they get it at home. Mm-hmm. And it's also early in the season where Clemson likes to slip up as well. And it doesn't help their case that the ACC is playing eight games either, because we know we as we know the ACC and SEC both play eight conference games. The other three Power Fives play nine, and playing eight games gives Clemson an opportunity to schedule like Georgia Southern. Like, it's like we. T- I feel like I talk about this every year, but that week like. 13 or week 11, whatever it is in the SEC, where like Georgia plays. Oh, yeah, Cupcake Saturday. Where Georgia plays Charleston Southern and Alabama plays Mercer. Like, the Citadel. These other teams are playing conference games that week. Yeah. And it's just like, it's not fair in the landscape of college football that the SEC and ACC could play eight games in conference and everyone else is playing nine. That's a good note. Let's talk about another team that was kind of in the ACC. They were in the ACC last year, now they're back to independent. Notre Dame. 
their best season last year through like 10 games they've had in a, a while. And then they completely collapsed the last two games of the year, get routed by Clemson in the ACC championship, made the playoff basically by default, and they got blown out by Alabama in the Cotton Bowl. How do you see Notre Dame redeeming themselves after last year's end-of-season disaster? Well, let's, th- let's think about this. Notre Dame's coming off a season where they had the best court- quarterback in their program history pretty much pl- playing for them. They had unbelievable playmakers on defense, many of which they lost. They had an offensive line that was very good, and they lost offensive linemen. And they don't usually have a tough time replacing those guys, those guys, but this Notre Dame team is not nearly as good as some of the ones we've seen in previous years. You did a video a couple days ago about how you think Notre Dame has a chance to finish outside, not just the think, top 10, yeah. but the top 25. I think they're finish unranked. Like, this Notre Dame team, if they win seven games, like that shouldn't surprise many people. Their schedule is really, really tough. Is it the number one uh, strength of schedule? No, but it's it's up there. They like, play what Wisconsin. They play Cincinnati. Wisconsin. They play UNC. Like even their like games that aren't supposed to be very difficult are difficult. Like Toledo's going to be favored in the yeah. MAC. And, and they, like I know you're not going to hear this, but traveling at Florida State for a night game, like this is the Willie Tiger coaching the team. It's this the is... only game on TV that day. It's, the, it's Sunday night, I think, of, yeah. of Week One, and it's just. Then, That's going to be a tough game for them. They play Virginia Tech also, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And they play USC, Stanford. It's like it's a really tough schedule for Notre Dame. I don't think they're going to finish the season ranked. I, have them, I think this is a 7-5 and five team. Look at their roster. Jack, Jack Cohen's not a good quarterback. No, Jack, and we, we've seen him play. It's a huge drop-off from Book to Cohen. Kyron Williams is the only talented player really in that offense, and the tight end Michael Mayer also. Mm-hmm. But outside of those guys, like the receiving core, like Kevin Austin Jr. is one of their top guys. Like Braden Lindsey, Avery Davis, like... These aren't playmakers. No. These are like mediocre receivers. The defense is fine. Mm-hmm. Like a couple notable names, like Drew White, their Mike linebacker is pretty good. Kyle Hamilton will be one of the best safeties in the country. Yeah, and also uh, uh, Clarence Lewis was as good as a freshman last year. I just I don't see this Notre Dame team this year. They're a lot closer to seven and five than they are to like eleven and, and one. And like, listen, like gr- putting them in the top ten to start the season is simply because of brand. Yeah. Like this team is not a top because ten they team. Because they can sell it for that that Florida State game. Oh, tune into primetime week one, number ten Notre Dame <laughs> takes on Florida State. Because if it's number eighteen right. Notre Dame, it's it's a different story. Where they should be ranked, they should be like number eighteen. I, am, in the I have them at fourteen, and I think that's being generous. This team is not going to be that good. If they win, if they win nine games, I think it's considered a successful season for this Notre Dame team. The team that lost the national championship last year, Ohio State. Significant favorites in the Big Ten. Uh, any chance they don't win the conference? They have C.J. Stroud now a quarterback. They have the best wide receiver room in the country. Uh, the running back, Master Teague, still there. Uh, solid defense. I think they do have some issues in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Are they still the favorites, or is there any chance they're not going to win the Big Ten? This kind of feels like 2018 Ohio State, where Dwayne Haskins just literally put the team on his back the entire season. I don't think that they're going to win the conference, I think, because – Penn State, we don't know what they're going to be yet. I think they're going to be good, but we don't know what they're going to be yet. And Ohio State gets them at home this year. I was good. Wisconsin's good. But neither of those teams are beating Ohio State. Indiana had a really good year last year. They get Ohio State at home this year, but I don't think they're going to beat them either. Ohio State should win the the conference, but I do think they probably slip up somewhere in, in the middle of their schedule. We're at Oregon week two. Any chance Anthony Brown and Mario Cristobal walk in there? That, that's a weird game because Oregon's coming from the West Coast. They have to play an 11 o'clock game on Fox. Yeah. And it's really 9 o'clock for them because it's because they're in Pacific time. So of all the big non-conference ga- games early, 
Like I, I don't buy Oregon winning that one. I think Ohio State could cr- could cruise in the, in that game. It's gonna be interesting when they're facing their first third and five and they're on a rocket screen for a loss of two yards. Yeah, I mean we were watching o- Oregon from past years last night and we we watched literally two two highlight tapes and, and we figured out the we offense. figured out what they what they were gonna do on third down. Like it, it's crazy how predictable Mario Cristobal's offense is. We think we talk about Cristobal and it's I guess this is the time we'll talk about the Pac-12 and Oregon. He tries to outthink the room. Mm-hmm. And this is how he's lost so many big games in his few years at Oregon, except for that that one Rose Bowl, which they miraculously pulled out because the other team's quarterback was Jack Cohen, and they were limited by that. He tries to outthink the room. He it's so it, he makes it so much more complicated than it needs to be, especially when you had a quarterback like Justin Herbert. Now they have someone like Anthony Brown, who's you know solid. They have a good offense, mm-hmm. one of the best running backs in the country, and C.J. Verdell still have Johnny Johnson, who could be a day two pick in the NFL draft next year. Is Oregon the favorites in the Pac-12? They should be, and. I know, I know who we're going to talk about in a minute, but who? Oregon, the yeah, Utes? You, the Utah Utes. But or, Oregon's really talented, and like I could make an argument so easily that they should—they were the fourth best team in college football just two years ago in 2019 when they when they were in the Rose Bowl. Like they won that Rose Bowl game, and just like how, like Mar- like Paul Chris, we know is a very good coach for Wisconsin, and. Wisconsin really shot themselves in the foot in that game and should have won, but Oregon was so much better than them. Like, it just it felt like Oregon should win that game easily. And o- Oregon lost two games that year they, they should have won. Yeah. Auburn, and there's no excuse losing at Arizona State. W- Listen, we watched that Auburn game. Watched both those games. We just watched Auburn last night. We, we just were baffled at how they lost that game. I still have no idea how they lost they, that They game. had receiver injuries to start the year, and that hurt them a lot. But, like, they were... Very comfortable in that game against a really good Auburn defense. It doesn't help when twice in within the ten yard line they didn't score the missed field goal, and, and then the, the fumble that Big Cat Bryant ran back inside the five. It yeah. was just like that. That Oregon makes the playoff if they win that well, game. The things that LSU would have done to that team would have been it's ugly. Just, but like LSU would have done yeah, that to anybody. Like exactly. they did that to Oklahoma. Like at but least Oregon still, would have been able to get some stops. It would have had in Oregon there. in the College World Playoff. Mm-hmm. It would have been the notable for Mario Cristobal. Yeah. The other team you mentioned. In the Pac-12, this is the team that not a lot of people are talking about. More people are talking about USC and UCLA and Arizona State. I have gone on record, and I think the Utah Utes have a somewhat decent chance of making the college football playoff this year. I think this is an 11-1 team, maybe 10-2, and I think they're going to win the Pac-12. Five offensive linemen coming back. Charlie Brewer transferred from Baylor, 9,000 career passing yards there. Good backfield. Uh, They have Tavion Thomas. Two transfers coming in, Chris Curry and TJ Pledger. Good receiver in Theo Howard. Defensively, maybe the best defense in all the Pac-12. They're definitely the best secondary in the Pac-12. Brandon McKinney and Vontae Davis at safety. Clark Phillips the third. He's a freshman, highly ranked corner coming as a recruit. Um, strong linebackers. Devin Lloyd is going to be an NFL draft player. Uh, Nephi Sewell going to be an NFL player. It's a strong defense combined with a good offensive line and a favorable schedule. I don't see why Utah can't win 10 games this year. I have them winning 10 and winning the Pac-12 South. I do have them losing to Oregon in the Pac-12 championship, okay. but the, th- the thing is this feels like a team that Kyle Winningham wins with. Like These are the types of teams he's like. Experienced, really physical line play, ball hawks in the secondary, Like don't have to do that much on offense to win games. They, they have a quarterback that doesn't make a ton of mistakes. It just it feels like a very Kyle Winningham team. I think UCLA is going to be the one, the team that challenges them in the Pac-12 South. I'm not high on USC. I'm not high on Arizona State, considering they have like three coaches left who who haven't been suspended. But 
You're not high on Clay Helton? No. Like, why is he still there? <laughs> like, he, but, won a, he won a Rose Bowl once. No, I, I've said UCLA from pretty much last offseason, at the, the start of last offseason, that they were good. UCLA lost, went 3-4 and four last year. They lost one possession games to Colorado, Oregon, USC, and double overtime to Stanford. And Oregon and USC, they both had leads late, one of them being at Oregon. So... This UC, I see no reason this UCLA team can't win eight games. And they played very well yesterday against Hawaii. And you brought up a great theory yesterday, and I completely agree with you. They're going to beat LSU next Saturday. Yeah, they are. LSU, first of all, UCLA already has a game under their belt. So you, they throw the, out all those first quarter jibbers. Hawaii's a decent team also. Hawaii's like the fifth best team in the, in the Mountain West. And I, I know that probably doesn't ring much yeah. with, with a lot of people. But like the Mountain West is... Typically a decent conference. So, and Hawaii usually can score, and they didn't yesterday. But you see, like, let's go over this. UCLA already has a game under belt. So yep. throw out all those first quarter jitters that they have. The game's at UCLA. It's at night. It's LSU's first game of the season. Max Johnson's won that game before. He did just last year against Florida. But then you throw in the component that LSU has to practice in Houston this week because of a hurricane. And then travel to UCLA. So they're already in unfamiliar territory. And now they have to go on the road at night to a team that's only a three and a half point dog. Like this has UCLA win all written all over it. Is this your upset special of the week? This is a segment we had last year on the show. For those who are new to the audience, I would pick an unranked team to beat a ranked team every week. We had like three straight wins. And then it got, we had a disaster Arizona State USC loss and I completely threw it off track. Are, yeah, you, that, are you hopping on the train and joining the upset special and picking? I guess UCLA is not unranked, though. Yeah, they are. Oh, they are unranked? Yeah. Okay, so they're going to stay unranked. I guess there's no update in the ranking. So your first upset of the year is UCLA over LSU. Yeah. You see, UCLA can really run the ball. We saw that yesterday with Britton Brown and Zach Charbonnet, who transferred in from Michigan. UCLA, a three and a half point dog. I think they win the game outright. So I'm going to go ahead and choose my first upset special of the week. We're. Hopefully going to get the season on the right start uh, with a 1-0. and The things I kind of look for when it comes down to this is, I guess, trap games, going on the road in tough environments. I don't think there's a tougher environment than going into Blacksburg, enter Sandman, night game, full crowd, especially after not having that last year. It's on a Friday night, North Carolina, who's ranked number 9 in the country, number 10, 10, 10 in the country, going to Blacksburg on a Friday night. Virginia Tech's a decent team. That's only like a four-and-a-half-point spread. That is absurdly close. I am taking Virginia Tech to pull the week one upset of North Carolina at home. I'm not high on North Carolina this year. I'm not I, either. I, I picked think Miami to win the Coastal. Yeah, so am I, even though I'm not as high in Miami as you are, as considering I am a Miami fan as well. I think that Virginia Tech will beat North Carolina next Friday, and we're we'll going to be talking on this Sunday. Hopefully, we'll both be one to know our upset predictions of the week. <laughs> uh, let's jump to our playoff predictions. Okay. Playoff predictions to Heisman. You go first. So, I'll, I'll start with the playoff predictions. I do have Clemson beating Georgia. If you want chaos this year in college football, you're rooting for Georgia next week. Yes. But I have Clemson, Clemson finishing the season undefeated. They're my number one seed. Number two, a team that we didn't talk about, the Oklahoma Sooners. I think this is the best defense Lincoln Riley's had. They have one of the best edge rushers in the country in Nick Benito. And I think they have the best quarterback in the country once again in Spencer Rattler, who I think will be the number one pick, and he's my pick to win the Heisman Trophy this year. But I, I have Oklahoma finishing undefeated. I think the gap between them and Iowa State is a lot larger than people realize, and they finish undefeated 
and are the two seed. The three seed, I have Alabama beating out Georgia for the SEC. They're going to both Alabama's going to have a loss. I don't know where it's going to be, but I think they will have a loss. And then they'll be the number three team. And then the number four team, a team people might be skeptical, might be surprised about, the Cincinnati Bearcats. Wow. They've ne- this listen in the playoff era. We've never had a group of five team start the season ranked this high. And I think Cincinnati's eight. I want to say to start the season, they're going to have back to back weeks with a buy in between. I believe where they go to Indiana to Notre Dame. Those are two opportunities a group of five teams don't usually get. Plus, they'll get UCF in conference. They'll get Memphis in conference. This team has an opportunity to be a top four team in the in the country, and I think they will be. And who do you have winning the national championship? Oklahoma. I think this is Lincoln's team. I think Spencer Rattler is going to be probably his best quarterback, and I know that's saying a lot considering he had Baker and Kyler Murray. They're going to be able to run the ball with Kennedy Brooks. They have playmakers on defense now. This Oklahoma team, is they feel like the best team in the country. My playoff rankings, we're going to start at number one, 13-0 Ohio State, Big Ten champions. Number two, SEC champion, 12-1 Georgia. They're going to lose someone in the regular season. I think it'll be at Auburn. Number three, 12-1 Oklahoma. Oklahoma's going to slip up once in the regular season. Not quite sure where, but they're going to beat Iowa State in the Big 12 championship. And then number four will be, controversially, 12-1 Alabama. They're going to undefeat in the regular season, lose the SEC championship, and still make the playoff. Two teams on the outside looking in will be Utah and Clemson. In the playoff, I have Alabama upsetting Ohio State. Georgia beating Oklahoma, and then Alabama and Georgia again in the national championship. And for the first time in 41 years, the Georgia Bulldogs bring home the national championship. The Heisman winner, JT Daniels, brings the, brings the title back to Athens. Let's hit our break. We're going to talk NFL previews. This is Start Your Sunday on KCOU 88.1 FM. Uh, hi, Columbia. You listen KCOU 88.1 FM. Have a groovy time. Playing the old I'm a different girl every day of the week. It's cold, not trying to put a rush on you. I had to let you know that I got a rush on you. And the new Beautiful morning. Get the sun of my morning, babe. Nothing in the water. We're at KCUFM Columbia. Look at me, busy as a bee. Where'd I get all this energy? Oh, man. Mmm, man. I don't sleep and I don't eat, but I've got the cleanest house on the street. Oh, meth, mm, meth. Get these hairs all out of my face. Get these bugs all out of my place. One more hit, no time to waste. Oh, meth, mm, meth. Culture. KCOU, society, KCOU, you, me, togetherness, equality, eternity, KCOU, deep space, travel and leisure, KCOU, magazine subscription, ends eventually, just as all of us KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia, Missouri. A delicious power breakfast. Great way to start the day. I'm Brandon Anthony. And I'm Keegan Hartman. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. to listen to me. And me on our new show, Breakfast of Champions. Here on KCOU Sports, KCOU 88.1 FM. 
Welcome back to KCOU 88.1. Start your Sunday. The first start your Sunday of the 2021 football season. Harrison Vapnik alongside the co-host Jonathan Litskin. Good college football previews the first half of the show. Liddy, how are you doing today? Doing great. Excited to talk some NFL now. We're going to jump into our NFL previews for 2021. We're just going to run by division. A couple thoughts on each team. Let's start... AFC or NFC, your choice. Let's go AFC. AFC. We'll start. We'll start up in the East. Buffalo Bills. Quick, are they the favorites in the division? They should be. I mean, I, they won 13 games. I want to say last year, yep. and I don't see any reason why they can't win that again, even with the extra game too. Josh Allen. I don't expect him to regress at all. Their their defense is still pretty good. Their offensive line has some questions, but they re-signed all of them. Shows me they have confidence in them. They're probably the second best team in the AFC to start the, start the year behind Kansas City, and I think they should be the overwhelming favorites in the division. They also added Emmanuel Sanders for more receiver depth. They lost John Brown, added Sanders. Cole Beasley still have Stephon Diggs, one of the best receivers in football last year. Dawson Knox, you mentioned the entire offensive line is mostly back. They added more pass rushing, which I could say was a bit of a weakness for them last year. Gregory Rosale drafted AJ Espinosa uh, is going to play more snaps this year. They also drafted a third defensive lineman who just. They, name left my mind. Who they took? Uh, I think at, in this. Who they take? Basham, right? Yeah. Terrell Basham. That's who it is. Uh, so the more depth on that defensive line, which you can never have enough of. We saw last year in the Super Bowl for the Bucks. Uh, how many games do you think the Bills will win this year? I'm gonna say thir- thirteen. I think they'll finish thirteen and four. The schedule, even though it's first place, is it unbelievably difficult? I think they'll slip up maybe once or twice in the division, as well as losing to like Kansas City. Or, or like like Pittsburgh, I think is a win for for them again, and then T- Tennessee won the South. I think that's very much a win for them, even though they got smoked by them last year. But yeah, th- thirteen wins I think is not under underselling it at all for the for the Buffalo Bills. What about Miami versus New England? Who do you give the advantage to? New England, My, Miami. Led the NFL in turnovers last year, and I think it's really hard to even get close to that it's, again. Statistically, that doesn't carry over. Plus, like Ryan Fitzpatrick won the Miami Dolphins a lot of games last year, and they don't have that luxury this year. Like Jacoby Brissett, this, you're not this giving is, him this the is edge. Tua, this is Tua's team. Unless now. they unless they trade for Deshaun Watson, don't think it's going to happen. Which no, nah, I don't buy that at one bit. And they did add more at receiver. They got Will Fuller. Will they Fuller got before his Week Five hamstring injury. Yeah, they they got Jalen Waddle, and but I don't see this team winning more than like. Nine, eight games, and I, I give the edge to New England. I, I'll give the edge to New England as well. I think they have one of the best defenses in the league. Matthew Judon, huge addition. Getting Dante Hightower back, big. Added more depth to the defensive line. Devon Godshaw, they took from the Dolphins. Gilmore's coming back from injury. J.C. Jackson, they got Devin McCourty still. It's a Bill Belichick coach defense. Mm-hmm. They were seventh in total yards last year, given up. And they went 7-9 and nine still. And now they've huge improvements on the offense. They signed not just the best, but the second best tight end in the free agent market, John New Smith and Hunter Henry, mm-hmm. jo- uh, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. They have Jacoby Myers now going to play the slot. We think Mac Jones might start week one. I hope he does. Yeah, it's looking more like it, that. It's no, I, I don't think anybody except for Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels know. They play their third and final preseason game tonight. We'll see. Jones has looked excellent in the first two. I mm-hmm. hope, or I really hope he's going to be the guy. Uh, I think. Playoff teams in this division, do you have Buffalo and New England? Yeah, I have both of them in. New yeah. England's my seventh seed. Buffalo, I want to see, is my two. The one thing I want to touch on for Miami is the inconsistent play quarterback. We don't know how two is going to be. He couldn't have the step up mm-hmm. here, but 
the signs that we showed last year is he's going to probably be the same quarterback. One thing about the Dolphins, they posted a video on Twitter yesterday of they were it was three players. I think it was Jakeem Grant, Devontae Parker. Oh, can't I saw forget this. the third. And they were debating, you know, who's best Spider-Man. It's clearly Tom Holland, but that's that's a, that's a story for a different time. But the main thing I got out of this was Devontae Parker was wearing a red non-contact jersey that you see quarterbacks wear in practice. Mm-hmm. This is how fragile Devontae Parker is. That, he has to wear a, non- really a red non-contact jersey in practice as a wide receiver. D- Let's move to the NFC, uh, the AFC North. One of the better divisions in football. Pittsburgh was a playoff team last year. Baltimore and Cleveland were playoff teams last year. Cincinnati is a team kind of on the rise. Uh, who do you have winning this division? I have the Browns. I think this is their year to kind of break it open and establish themselves as like one of the best teams in the AFC and NFL. I think the Browns win somewhere of 12, 13 games, kind of similar to the Bills. I'd say 12 is probably more likely just because of how tough their division could be. But Baltimore is really good too. But this Browns team, they already were good at defense. They already had a really good offensive line. They get Odell Beckham back, and they added more in the draft. We, they added Greg Newsom, who I think could be good for and them. They added Owusu Karamoa from Notre Dame, who's going to be good for them. And they get Grant Delpit back, too, on, on defense, which we all know they had a huge liability at safety la- last year. And they also signed uh, jo- uh, Johnson from the Rams. Yep, they did. So this this team, you could make the argument that they have the most talented roster in the NFL. I think Kevin Stefanski is a really good coach. I think he's proved that. And I think this year the Browns take the next step and pass Baltimore for the division. Do you see Baltimore and Pittsburgh as wild cards? I see Baltimore as a wild card. I think Pittsburgh's going to take a huge step back. Why, why do you think that? They lost five of their final six games last year, one of which was a 17-point loss to a Brandon Allen-led Bengals team. Um, they just looked really sloppy towards the end of the year. Roethlisberger didn't play well at all. They, they And they just got worse as a whole. They lost guys defensively. Um, and their offensive line's not good anymore. They, like, they're going to lean heavily on Najee Harris, I think. As a rookie, but this Pittsburgh team feels more like a seven-six win team than it does closer to twelve wins, yeah. which is what won 12, them the division last year. Twelve and four last year. Twelve and four. They started the season eleven and zero. Yeah, I have Pittsburgh more of an eight-nine kind of team. I don't think they're that bad, but they're they're not the same team they were last year. Cincinnati mm-hmm. thinks a six-win team. We'll see how Joe Burrow's health looks. I think their offense can be dangerous Yeah, Higgins I like. They drafted Jamar Chase if you can learn to catch the ball. Uh, they still have t- uh, Tyler Boyd, a solid receiver. Mm-hmm. Offensive line is still a major issue. Defensively, they're all right, I would say. Yeah. But I, I'm going with Baltimore for the division still, considering I still think Harbaugh is the best coach in the division. I still think Lamar Jackson is the best quarterback in the division. I'm still going to take Baltimore's defense over Cleveland's defense, considering they have three really good corners and a couple of good safeties. Solid young linebackers. I like Patrick Queen a lot. I think he's going to be, I don't want to say an all-pro candidate, but he's really going to have a breakout season. Offensive line is still pretty good for Baltimore. They did lose uh, J.K. Dobbins to an, a knee injury yesterday. We think it's going to be season-ending. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what they're going to do as a replacement. They have Gus Edwards. They have um, Jeremy Hill. Yep. Not Jeremy Hill. Uh, Justice, Justice Hill from Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to see if they're going to add another running back, kind of like the Rams did when they traded for Sony Michelle after the loss of Cam Akers. I'm giving Baltimore the advantage considering they've dominated Cleveland for a decade, and I really haven't seen Cleveland be able to beat them except for the Week 4 game in 2019. Uh, I'm going to continue to roll with Baltimore with that division at, I think, 12-5. and five. But I think Cleveland's also a 12-5 and five team, mm-hmm. but I'm giving Baltimore the edge. It's, re- it's really close. Yeah. Uh, quickly move to the AFC South. Are you going with Tennessee to win that division again? Yeah, the Colts are a mess right now. Car- we don't know... What the status of Carson Wentz is, 
Quentin Nelson was hurt, was hurt. Now they just they just lost, they just keep losing guys like all over the field and like like let's not forget this team won seven games with Jacoby Brissett a couple years ago. But Philip Rivers t- led them to an eleven and five season. T- last year. Tennessee could lead the NFL in in, in offense in, to, in total offense. They're gonna score in just so many different ways. They added Julio Jones. Derrick Henry's probably not gonna rush for two thousand yards again, but he's still probably the best pure runner in the NFL. Yeah. I like Ryan, Ryan Tannehill. I think he's probably a top ten quarterback in this in this league now. Their defense is really suspect still, but they did add guys. They added Danico Autry from the from the Colts. Um They lost they, Clowney. They have no corners. No. They have no secondary. They don't. And that was a position and they didn't they draft one either. No. They they needed to address that and they didn't. But I think Who's with, their first round pick? I'm I'm blanking well, on this. I'm blanking on this too. I, I don't know why I can't think of it, but Regardless, like this division's just like too like weird for them not to win it. Like the the Colts are the only team that really have a chance of taking the division from them, and the the Colts are just such a mess right now. I'm taking the Colts. I I like Wentz. I think he's in for a bounce back year now. He's back with Frank Reich. They've lost Sam Tevy, who was just announced like ten minutes ago. He's gonna miss the season. Quinn Nelson, I think he's gonna play Week One. T.Y. Hilton is also out, and they are really decimated by injuries. But he's T.Y. Hilton's always hurt. I like Pittman. I like Zach Pascal. They got Paris Campbell yeah, back. Paris Campbell, I think, was huge for them uh, when he was playing. It's still a good offensive line, even though they're not, like there's two starting tackles. The interior of that oh, it's still is very still good. very good. The defense I love, DeForest Buckner, uh, great player, Darius Leonard, and uh, Brian Okariki, two great linebackers. They have solid secondary, two very good young safety, and uh, Kari Willis and uh, Justin Julian Blackman. It's This is the Colts' division to lose. I think they're an 11-6 kind of team, and they're going to win the division. The issue is Tennessee is I don't love their defense, and I think their offensive line is all right, and the workload is really going to – I think it's going to add up for Henry at some point. I don't know if it's going to be this year or at the end of the year, but it's the volume has just been so high over the last couple of years. It's, that it's coming. It, he's, he's due to regress to the mean at some point. And I think that's part of the reason they added Julio Jones. It's just because of the fact that they realize eventually they're going to need to lead more on their passing attack. and. They can't just hand the ball to Derrick Henry 25 times a game and not pay consequences for it. Tennessee's starting secondary is Kristen Fulton, Janoris Jenkins, and their nickel corner is Chris Jackson. It's weak. They're going to give up a lot of passing yards. And their safeties are Amani Hooker and uh, Kevin Byron. I like Byron. He's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other wild, the Colts wild card team in your opinion? Uh, uh, no, because I think New England's better than them. Okay, and I have Tennessee out of the playoffs. AFC West quickly. Kansas City, no way they don't win the division. I mean, they're going to win 14 games at minimum, right? Like, even with with a tough schedule this year, this team is, has probably the best offense we've ever seen in the league. And they did get better, I think, in the offseason roster-wise. So, yeah, like, Denver's not good enough to pass them, and neither is the Chargers. This team's going to win 13, 13, 14 games and win the division with ease. Yeah, I this Kansas City team, I think also they're going to come out playing pretty angry. After what happened in the Super Bowl, where they were held to no touchdowns, my issue with them—I don't want to say issue—but if there were to be a concern, is receiver depth, <laughs> and it's never really been an issue for them, considering they have Tyree Kill and they have Travis Kelsey. But if teams can somehow figure out and take one of them out, they're based, they're relying on Byron Pringle and Mecole Hardman <laughs> and uh, Powell, the rookie receiver from Clemson. Yeah, they don't really have a lot of depth at that position outside of Tyreek. If Tyreek 
We've seen him get injured the last couple of years. If somehow Tyreek going down, mm-hmm. all of a sudden Michael Hardman's wide receiver one. It's, li- they it's have, limited. They have good running back depth. Darrell Williams was good in the postseason last year. Clyde Edwards Hilaire uh, was their first round pick two years ago. Offensive line they improved on. Joe Tooney, the best offensive lineman in free agency. Daddy Orlando Brown. The defense is fine. Hmm. It's basically the same as they were last year. It doesn't need to be spectacular yeah. with the offense they have. And I think even with the receiver depth, Mahomes does a good enough job of throwing guys open that it shouldn't be that much of an issue. But you're right. You don't want to go into a year with Byron Pringle as your number two receiver, no matter who your quarterback is. I agree with that. Uh, what about AFC West? Uh, next best team. I think it's pretty close between Denver, the Chargers, and Vegas. Uh, who do you like the second Yeah, best? I'm going to give the edge to the Chargers just because I think, like, I don't understand where the hype from Denver is coming from. Like, this team's really good defensively and could be a top five defensive team in the NFL, but Von Miller's old. They're really good in the secondary. They added Kyle Four. They added Patrick Sertain. They're going to be really tough to throw against, but, like, why are we comparing this team to the 2018 Bears? The 2018 Bears weren't awful offensively, and I think this team is going to be awful offensively. Their quarterback's Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. Like, what is he capable of? Like, and they're going to sit there. Vic Fangio is sitting there, and it's like, all right, we're going to play really safe offensively and try to win and have our defense try to win games. Their defense isn't good enough to just go win 11 games for them. Like, it's good, but it's not good enough to go win just, 11 games like the for them. Other than last year, it's like Vaughn Miller missed all of last year. They were 25th in total defense last year. Is Vaughn Miller going to come in and jump them into the top 10? No, and like, like they, they added Fuller, they added Sertain, but like th- those three guys, like Vaughn Miller's like old now. He's 34. He, he's not 29 year old Vaughn Miller that won Super Bowl MVP. He's, he's just not. Like, and coming off a major injury as well. And, and the Chargers won. Uh, the char- Sorry, the Chargers lost the most one possession games in the NFL last year and got rid of Anthony Lynn. So. I know there's a stat about teams that lose one possession games the year before and then what they do the next year. I'm pretty sure it was the Buccaneers mm-hmm. in 2019, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. who lost a lot of one possession games and they were 11 and 5 team last year. I could see that happening with the Chargers, not saying the Chargers are going to win the Super Bowl, but it's entirely possible that they. I have the Chargers. They start winning those games. I have the Chargers at, I think, 10 and 7. I have the Chargers around the same. I think I have them as the 6 seed in the AFC. Um, but like this, I don't get like Justin Herbert's going to take a step back. I don't no. get that narrative. Like He should take a step forward. What, what, like, what would the reasoning for him to take a step back be? They they have a new coach, which is an automatic upgrade over Anthony Lynn. Mm-hmm. Brandon Staley's new head coach coming over from the Rams offensive coordinator. I love the new offensive coordinator, uh, Mike Lombardi, who was with the Saints for like a decade as their quarterback's coach. He's a he coached Drew Brees for ten years, and now he's getting Justin Herbert in year two mm-hmm. with a talented offense. They have good weapons. I think I like Keenan Allen. I like Mike Williams. Jalen Gutton was a solid number three receiver for them last year. Uh, tight end still a bit of an issue. Uh, Jared Cook and Donald Parham. Yeah, the offensive line's all right. Uh, they added Corey Lindsley. The defense there are some issues. They're very reliant on Derwin James and Joey Bosa. Kenneth Murray I could see having a good year at linebacker in year two, mm-hmm. but I guess the only issue is. You know, depth in on defense. Yeah, that, that's. But if their offense is scoring thirty points a game, it's not going to matter. And like, listen, like their defense, I think should outperform. And they've Austin Eckler coming back as well. I should like, mention. I think Brandon Staley is a good enough coach that their defense should outperform their ta- their talent they have. Like, and I think their defense is, if they stay healthy, isn't bad anyway. But, ju- like Justin Herbert, the, he's never really been a guy to use t- t- utilize tight ends greatly. So, I don't think that's much of a concern. Like having Hunter Henry was obviously great, but. Keenan Allen's a stud. I think Mike Williams could be in for a big year. We say that every year. But yeah, I know. But like, this is the year. I, 
I think this, this could be year. this could be the year for Mike Williams. And but no, I don't think it's definitive. But the Chargers are better than the Broncos. So our division winners are we both have Buffalo in the East. In the North, you have Cleveland. I have Baltimore in the <laughs> South. You have Tennessee, or you have Indianapolis. You have Tennessee. I have, Tennessee, you have, I have Indianapolis. We both have Kansas City in the West. My three wild card teams are. The Browns, Patriots, and Chargers. Yours are the... Baltimore, the Chargers, and New England. And who do you have in the AFC Championship? Uh, Kansas City and Cleveland. And the winner is... The Kansas City Chiefs. I have... Wow, really putting me... I originally had the Colts. And next week I'm... They're just such a mess right now. I can't pick the Colts. I'm going with... I'm going with Buffalo to win the AFC. Buffalo over Kansas City... In the AFC Championship, but that game will be in Buffalo this year. Let's quickly go NFC. NFC East is an absolute mess. Oh. Uh, it's like throwing darts in the dark. Uh, who's winning this division? A different teams won this division. Like what? La- the fifteen last years. Fifteen years. I surprisingly don't think this happens this year. I don't think Dallas's defense is nearly good enough to do anything sort of special. And I don't know why this team has. High expectations to begin with. Maybe it's just because they're the Cowboys. But I actually think Washington's going to win this division again. Their defense is possibly the best in the NFL. Their defensive line is for sure the best in the NFL. They add William Jackson at corner. Ryan Fitzpatrick, despite what people want to say, is an upgrade from Alex Smith, who won them seven games last year. And they add Curtis Samuel. Like, this team's much better than I think they were last year. And this division still is terrible. Like, you could say all you want about Dallas, but they were two and three last year when Dak was healthy. Like, what? what they were scoring we, a lot of points. They just weren't playing a lot of defense. Yeah, and I don't. I think it's going to be much of the same this year. So I think Washington wins, wins the division, probably like a 10-11 win team. I'd lean more to ten side. I have Washington out of the playoffs this year because I don't trust Ryan Fitzpatrick to start seventeen games. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is a great quarterback in like six and seven game skirts. We've seen that his entire career. They can't rely on him to start 17 games. They have Taylor Heineke, who started the playoff game as a backup. He, I think he's going to start at some point, either if Fitzpatrick gets hurt or if he looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitztragic, Fitzmagic, anywhere in between, we could see Heineke. I'm picking Dallas win the division because I fall in this trap every year, and I'm going to do it yet again. They have a great, they have, Their offense is too talented. They have three really good receivers, Cooper, Gallup, and uh, CeeDee Lamb. Zeke, I think, will have a better year. They're getting Dak back from injury. They drafted Micah Parsons. They should be okay. They should. I have them at, I think, They're going to score. I have them at 11 and 6. And then I also have the Giants as a wild card. I like the Giants. I am, I'm riding Giants. Great defense. They've had a disaster. Even Giants fans disagree with me. I'm the only person that. Well, played. Giants fans disagree with you because they had a disaster camp. Yeah, and they also hate their quarterback. I, I, I'm i a believer. Daniel Jones can figure it out this like, year. Like, I don't like Daniel Jones, but, like, that defense is good, whether, whether yeah. people want to admit it or not. I think Jones will have a. A good enough year. Tony, they added. Kenny Galladay. Uh, Darius Slayton, sole receiver. They still have Evan Ingram. The offensive line is in, has issues. Kyle Rudolph, their new starting tight end. But they saw, a, prob- but they saw a problem and went out and addressed it. Yeah. I, I'm taking the Giants to go 10-7 and seven and make the play. They were so close last year as well. I don't think they're too yeah, far behind like, Washington. Like and like- they, the thing is, they, they have Washington's number. They beat them every year. Washington made the playoffs last year. The Giants still beat them twice. Mm-hmm. I, I'm taking the Giants as a wild card. Uh, let's go NFC North. Anyway, the Packers don't win this division. Um, I mean, it, it, it's it's depending on who you ask, but Green Bay is still like clearly the best team in the division. I get what the Vikings added. I get what they get back, but 
like it's still Aaron Rodgers, it's still Devontae Adams. Their offense is going to score a ton, and their defense like is good. Like it's not amazing or anything, but it's good enough. Like Jair Alexander's the second best corner in the league right now. I think Zedaria right. Smith's a really good edge rusher. They get pressure pressure on the quarterback. Like this team should win 13, 14 games. I see no reason why they shouldn't. I have at twelve and five. I think they're the same team they were the last two years. Who were both. I think within the number one seed the last two years, number number one, no, number two, two seed, yeah. In, in the NFC Championship both years, I don't, I don't see why they're not going to do that this year. I don't think they're significantly worse. Rodgers is still the most, maybe the most talented quarterback in the NFL, second behind Mahomes. Aaron Jones is still a very good running back. They give him a lot of money, but he's still good. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in football, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Offensive line is fine. They still have Bakhtiari. They lost Corey Lindsley. The defense is good enough. Preston Smith, the Zadarius Smith. Are two good edge rushers. Jair Alexander, third best corner in football. And like they could have easily, very Amos easily and Savage beaten, in the safety positions. They could have very easily beaten Tampa last year in too in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, and I think they would have won the Super Bowl. Yeah, they probably would have. And like, here's the thing: like Kevin King was awful in the NFC Championship. What do they do? They go out and draft the Eric Stokes. Like we think Stokes is gonna be all right. Yeah, like he he was a good prospect and. I would have drafted Tyson Campbell over him, but like that's a story for a different time. Yeah, and like it's a Georgia corner. How bad can he be? Good point. Uh, Minnesota, are they a playoff team in your mind? Yeah, they are. I think getting to Neil Hunter back, they added on the offensive line. Um, they added Dalvin Tomlinson, which is huge. I think in a division that is going to be really run heavy. Yeah, that you have. I mean, you look at the Bears, David Montgomery. The Lions are going to rely heavily on DeAndre Swift, and even well, the you, pa- don't, you don't trust Jared Goff throwing thirty-five times a game. No, not one bit. <laughs> I wonder if Dan Campbell trusts him. I mean, he's going to bite off somebody's kneecaps. So, um, and yeah, and then like even Green Bay runs the ball a decent amount with Aaron Jones and now AJ Dillon. So, I think that the Vikings did a good job adding in the offseason, I think this team should win 11, 10 games and make the playoffs. I have Minnesota out of the playoffs. I have them, I think, 9 and 8, just barely missing it. I don't love their secondary. No, uh, it's not great, it's, but, like, they were starting a lot of young guys last year who should get better. Yeah, in in theory, yes. Uh, I'm also, I'm not a believer in Kirk Cousins, as some people are. I think he's, you know, 12th best quarterback in the league in that ballpark, 12-11. But it's, it, it's, it just doesn't feel like, I think there are better teams in the conference. Uh, NFC South... Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Super Bowl champions. Tampa's going to win this division by four games at minimum, yeah. right? Like it's it's there's a big gap. The I, second best team I in this division the Saints, is the Saints. Well, I think the Panthers are the second best. I think the Panthers oh, are yeah, eight, yeah, like eight and nine, nine and eight kind of team. I'm not. Some people are picking them to make the playoffs. I'm not ready to do that with Sam Darnold just yet. No, I think Matt Rule thinks he's a good coach. They're getting McCaffrey back from injury. I think the Saints are in for a similar season to what New England had last year, Atlanta. Pretty bad team, so we're both in agreement the Bucks are winning this division. Yeah. NFC West, who are the playoff teams? Um, I only have two of them. And I think partially the reason is that they're all gonna beat each other up in the division, and that's gonna prevent three teams from that division making the playoffs. But I have San Fran winning the division. That roster is more talented than when they went to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. They didn't have Trent Williams then, they didn't have Brandon Ayuk then. They did lose to DeForest Buckner between now and then, but like they they added Javon Kinlaw in the draft. Like this this team's really good, and like say what you want about Jimmy Garoppolo, like he's not going to have to do that much. They're going to run the ball a ton, so he's he'll make the throws where they where when he needs to. 
this team will win the division. It'll be close, though. LA is really good. Yeah, I have San Francisco win the division as well. That defense is awesome. So many great pass rushers. I have the Rams as my next team in the playoffs. And I'm also going with Seattle. Russell Wilson's carried that team for a decade. I think he does it yet one more year. Metcalf's still really good. Tyler Lockett. The defense is still mediocre, but they got better as last season went on. We'll see who starts the season stronger, the offense or the defense, because usually they switch off halfway through the year where the offense was the best offense in the league. Three games and became non-existent. Mm-hmm. So division winners, in the east you have Washington, I have Dallas. In the north we both have Green Bay. In the south we both have Tampa. In the west we both have San Francisco. My wild cards are the Rams, Seahawks, and Giants. Yours are the Vikings. Uh, Rams, Vikings, Dallas. I didn't really address that when we were talking about the NFC yeah. East, but I do think Dallas makes the playoffs. NFC Championship, I have San Francisco over Tampa. I have San, I have San Fran over Tampa as well. So Super Bowl, you have... Kansas City, Kansas City, San Fran. Who do you got? Rematch. Um, I'm gonna go Kansas City. I think, like, I know the stat about like usually loser losers of a Super Bowl don't get ba- yeah, back Jake to Sir- it. That Jake Circus and I theory. And like, I know I'm putting two Kansas City and San Fran both have lost in Super Bowls recently. There you go. And but like, this Kansas City seems different like than a normal Super Bowl loser. Like Tom Brady lost Super Bowls and got back to them. Like this this offense is just too good to be stopped in the AFC. So Kansas City over San Fran in the Super Bowl. I am taking Buffalo. This is, I literally just made this prediction right now. I had San Francisco win the Super Bowl for like six months. I'm taking Buffalo to win the Super Bowl this year. I think this team is too good. They're really good. I have them beating San Francisco in a close game. Unless this put an asterisk next to this. If Trey Lance is starting that game, the Niners win the Super Bowl. <laughs> if Trey Lance is a star- somehow the starter come the playoffs, I can get a exemption on this and Predict the Niners to the Super Bowl champion. You, you buy you buy into Trey Lance. I I, I don't like. Well, I, I, have, I have talked so much Trey Lance in the show that we we don't have time for this right now. I had him as my fourth graded quarterback. So, so this has been the season debut of Start Your Sunday. At this time next week, we'll be recapping college football games. We're two weeks away from the start of the 2021 NFL season. Thank you guys for tuning in and starting your Sunday with us. Any final words, John? Yeah, one week from right now, we'll pretty much figure be. Able to figure out if Clemson's going to make the college football playoff. So exactly right. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you at this time next Sunday.